Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work, and you can find out more. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including guests uh, William Yateman, Senior Legal Fellow at the Pacific, Pacific Legal Foundation. We'll also visit with Ambassador Francis Rooney. Uh, he was the ambassador to the Holy See, to uh, the Vatican, as well as serving as our congressman for a couple of terms here on the Paradise Coast. We'll visit with him about the midterm lessons learned and the path forward for the Republican Party. And Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston of Space Architecture and author of many, many books, his latest, Architectures Beyond Books, uh, Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. It is January the 27th, and on this day in 1945, Soviet troops entered Auschwitz, Poland, freeing the survivors of the network of concentration camps and finally revealing to the world the depths of horrors perpetrated there. Auschwitz was really a group of camps designated 1, 2, and 3. There were also 40 smaller satellite camps. It was Auschwitz II, or 2, at Birkenau, established in October 1941, that the SS created a complex, monstrously orchestrated killing ground, 300 prisoner barracks, four bathhouses of which prisoners were gassed, corpse cellars, and cremated ovens. Thousands of prisoners were also used for medical experiments overseen and performed by the camp doctor, Joseph Mengele, the angel of death. The Red Army had been advancing deeper into Poland since the mid-January. Having liberated Warsaw and Krakow, Soviet troops headed for Auschwitz, in anticipation of the Soviet arrival, SS officers began a murder spree in camps, shooting sick prisoners and blowing up crematory in which desperate attempt to destroy the evidence of their crimes. When the Red Army finally broke through, Soviet uh, soldiers encountered 648 corpses and more than 7,000 starving camp survivors. There were also six storehouses filled with hundreds of thousands of women's dresses, men's suits and clothes and shoes that your Germans did not have time to burn. Just shows the depth of depravity to which human beings can stoop. It's just uh, uh, it's a lesson I hope we never forget. And uh, just keep in mind that we all have this within us. Human behavior is contagious, and this is what can happen. Governor Ron DeSantis announced his legislative proposal to maintain and further improve Florida's 50-year record-low crime rate. This proposal pushes back against the abolishment of cash bail, increases penalties for drug-related crimes, steps up human smuggling interdictions, strengthens the punishment for child rapists, prevents the early release of sex criminals, and makes it more feasible for administer to ultimate justice, administer ultimate justice to those facing the death penalty. Other states endanger their citizens by making it easier to put criminals back on the street. Here in Florida, we will continue to support and enact policies to protect our communities and keep Floridians safe, said Governor Ron DeSantis. Florida will remain a law and order state. Music to our ears. The legislation will bolster Florida's blueprint for fighting crime by reforming Florida death penalty statute to ensure that those convicted of the most heinous crimes are punished accordingly. 
Current law pre- uh, requires a unanimous jury recommendation to impose a death sentence. This proposal reduces the number of jurors required for a recommendation of death from un- unanimity to a supermajority jury uh, recommendation. Addressing the ongoing fentanyl crisis that is plaguing our count, uh, country by imposing additional penalties on fentanyl and other drug-related crimes when the drug drug's appearance resembles a piece of candy, including making it a first-degree felony to possess, sell, or manufacture fentanyl and other controlled substances that resemble candy and adding a mandatory life sentence and $1 million penalty for trafficking such substances that target children. Additionally, Governor DeSantis is allocating $20 million in local support funding for local law enforcement agencies to increase efforts to interdict and apprehend the illicit sale and trafficking of fentanyl. This uh, builds upon last year's increase in the fentanyl traffic mandatory minimums and will protect vulnerable children who might be deceived by what they're dubbed rainbow fentanyl. Strengthening Florida's bail laws will limit limiting who is eligible for release prior to appearance, making sure that a judge is the ultimate decision maker when it comes to detention and requiring a detention hearing by held prior to a trial for dangerous crimes. Petitioning the Florida Supreme Court to establish a uniform bond schedule that is all state courts must follow. And this is because you get these rogue prosecutors right now who will, <clears throat> for example, one who uh, DeSantis uh, dismissed, and uh, the Supreme Court upheld his decision, requiring convicted child rapists to serve at least life in prison and exploring options to make them eligible for the death penalty, Tuft, uh, toughening uh, party p- penalties for sex criminals by expanding the list of criminal crimes il- ineligible for gain time by adding an inchoate offensive off offenses, attempt, attempted crimes of sexual misconduct, such as attempted sexual battery. So the law is, uh, this is really, I think, an outstanding law, and I uh, hope it gets through the legislature and is passed. But again, the effort to make Florida even more of a law and order state. Criminals, if you're th- planning on committing crimes, better to go someplace else. I wouldn't stay in Florida. The U.S. economy expanded at 2.9% annual pace from October through December. This is kind of surprising to me. Ending 2022 with momentum despite the pressure of high interest rates and widespread fears of looming recession. Thursday's estimate from the Commerce Department shows that the nation's gross domestic product, the broadest gauge of economic output, decelerated last quarter from 3.2% annual growth rate uh, on to, to this uh, 2.9%. The housing market, which is especially vulnerable to higher loan rates, has already been badly bruised. Sales of existing homes have dropped for 11 straight months, and consumer spending, which fuels roughly 70% of the entire economy, is likely to soften in the months ahead, along with still resilient job market. The economy's expected slowdown is an intended consequence of the Federal Reserve's aggressive series of rate hikes. hikes. The Fed's uh, hikes are meant to reduce growth, cool spending, and crush the worst inflation bout in four decades. Last year, the Fed raised its benchmark rate seven times, and is set to do again next week, though this time it's going to be a smaller amount. The resilience of the labor market has been a major surprise. Last year, employers added 4.5 million jobs, second only to the 6.7 million that were added in 2021, in government records going back to 1940, and last month's unemployment rate, 3.5%, matched a 53-year low. And of course, Florida's rate is 2.5%. 
but the good times for American workers aren't necessarily going to last. Uh, higher rates are make borrowing and spending increasingly expensive across the economy, and many consumers will spend less, and employers will likely hire less. The central bank has been responding to inflation rate that remains stubbornly high, even though it has been gradually easing. Year-over-year inflation was raging at 9.1% in June, and now it's down to 6.5% in December. But it's still above the rate of 2.5% the annual rate that the Fed is targeting. Well, James O'Keefe strikes again, and this time on COVID and Pfizer. Jordan Tristan Walker, Pfizer's Director of Research and Development, Strategic Operations, the MNRA Scientific Planner, this, he's only two positions removed from the president of Pfizer, so it's a big position. One of the things we're exploring is like, this is what, he's being quoted from this, I don't know if you've seen the video, but it's startling. One of the things we've been exploring is like, why don't we just mutate COVID ourselves so we can create preemptively developed new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to uh, do that, though, we have a, a risk like, as you can imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating effing viruses, he said. He goes on, don't tell anyone, promise you won't tell anyone, <laughs> as he's being recorded. Uh, the way it is, an, an experiment would work, It would we would uh, put the virus in monkeys and we'd successfully successively cause them to keep infecting each other and we'd collect serial samples from them. Walker, you have to be very, he said you have to be very controlled to make sure this is virus that you mutate doesn't create something that just goes everywhere, which I suspect is the way the virus started in Wuhan. To be honest, it makes no sense that the virus popped out of nowhere. So after after this interview and he was uh, confronted by O'Keefe, he just went absolutely ape he was. He started throwing stuff and uh, fighting, and uh, I'm sure they called in the authorities to uh, get him settled down. But uh, it must have been very upset. I, I think he was trying to impress the person he was with, obviously, and uh, to find out that he'd been recorded, he was mortified. I'm sure he's going to have difficulty keeping his job at Pfizer. Well, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis endorsed former Trump campaign. Attorney Harmeet Dillon, in her challenge to Rona McDonnell, McDaniel for a Republican National Committee chair, I think we need a change. I think we need to get some new blood in the RNC, DeSantis told Charlie Kirk on Real America's Voice in an interview on Thursday. I like what Harmeet Dillon has said about getting the RNC out of Washington, D.C. Why would you want to have a, your headquarters in the most Democrat city in America? It's even more Democrat than San Francisco, DeSantis said. Dillon's proposed decentralizing the RNC headquarters by moving uh, some operations out of Washington, D.C. I think it's going to be very difficult to energize people to want to give money, to want to volunteer their time with the RNC if they don't see a change in that direction, DeSantis said. McDaniel's been criticized for less than impressive Republican election performance since she took over the role as chair in 2017. Dillon has received dozens of high-profile endorsements from donors, conservative uh, coalitions, and longtime RNC members. But uh, Sanders is his, her most prominent endorsement yet. So uh, I think, you know, new broom sweeps clean. I think it's a good idea to make a change. The results in our elections have not been good. And uh, by the way, her salary has gone more than doubled in, in, during, since uh, 2017. Don't know why getting rewarded for a poor performance. Well, there's been more bedlam, rioting, and arson in major American cities. 
This time, the lawlessness broke out in Atlanta. The rioting and violence began Saturday night as Antifa activists shattered windows, torched a police car, and vandalized businesses after a climate activist was shot in a shootout with the police. Six people have been arrested on charges of domestic terrorism, and some of the young idealists were carrying explosives. These are the same people who favor gun control, by the way. The media has paid uh, scant attention to the violence. Now, why is that? These left-wing radicals are largely from well-to-do families and are uh, the very face of white privilege, and that's a rich kid's temper tantrum, rebels without a cause. During Saturday's rally, masked militants uh, dressed head-to-toe and black marched into the streets shouting, if you build it, we will burn it. Atlanta Major Mayor Andre Dickens said some of the six arrested were found with explosives on them. You've heard correctly, explosives. The rest had... uh, Uh, Spread to Boston, Lansing, Michigan, and yet even to Portland. Note the double standard between how these arrested or are near the storming of the U.S. Capitol on January 6th have been held without bail compared to Antifa and Black Lives Matter protesters who burned down several buildings in Washington, D.C. after killing of George Floyd on May 20th. The stunning failure of the national media to fully report the violence in Atlanta and other cities is yet another reason why the third of the public actually has a great deal of trust in what the media reports. A third, I just understand why it's that high. These people are not doing their job. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine, be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, William Yateman. He is a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. 
everyone. Every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CallYourSeniorCenter.org. That's CallYourSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by InternationalHealthPlans.com. Are you planning on traveling abroad? Well, did you know that most health insurance plans don't cover international travel? You need to travel with confidence with International Health Insurance. Visit the website, internationalhealthplans.com. Coming up, we're going to visit with Ambassador Francis Rooney and our former congressman. Right now, we have with us William Yateman. He is a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. William, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. Always a pleasure. William, tell us about the Pacific Legal Foundation. You bet. So we're a legal nonprofit, and we de- we defend Americans from government overreach and abuse. Terrific organization. PacificLegal.org is the website, PacificLegal.org. So let's talk about what's going on in Capitol Hill and about, I think this is the sixth, sixth tranche of uh, documents found in uh, Biden's possession. I heard one commentator refer to him as uh, a complete, uh, a slovenly, a slob. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what are your thoughts about all this? Well, yeah, it's a bit like a broken record. I think this is the third Friday in a row where we've discussed a newfound batch of documents after the White House had said their uh, search had unearthed everything. Um, So... I guess the other big news this week along these lines is the president angering Senate Democrats, you know, his own team, um, by stonewalling the Senate Intelligence Committee's efforts to discern what these documents involved or what they pertain to. Mm -hmm. Um, So he really sort of across the board is, uh, you know, I guess not just the Senate Democrats. There was reporting this week that he's also angering the Justice Department. Um, which is, I guess, as confused as we and all Americans are by this sort of slow drip, drip, drip of newfound batches of documents. Um, again, notwithstanding the fact that the president weeks ago had indicated that his search was complete and that they had found everything. Um, and the press secretary is certainly taking a beating on a daily, ba- uh, daily basis from the White House uh, press corps. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is just an increasing mess for the White House. Um, I, I will note, sort of, as I had indicated back uh, during the Trump Mar-a-Lago in Broglio, um, the classified, our classified laws are probably too stringent. Probably way too much information is classified. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sort of it suggested as much uh, to lend context to what was going on with respect to Trump. Um, whereas I certainly think that remains true now. I, I do note that it was President Biden who made such a large issue about Trump's um, possession of these documents. He's the one who went on CBS and said it was, quote-unquote, totally irresponsible. Um, it was his administration um, that pushed this to the forefront of the Justice Department and FBI. So it's one of those, you reap what you sow sort of things, and uh, regardless of whether or not our nation's classified laws are too stringent, 
Um, this is just ridiculous. And again, it's, it's so ridiculous that he's even putting off his own party. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I really don't like to hear that the laws are too stringent. I mean, we need to apply the laws. And we, Petraeus went to, uh, he had uh, months of probation as well as a $100,000 fine. Another guy went to jail for several years as a result of having a document or two. So uh, it seems to me we should have, uh, again, an even hand when it comes to justice. And, uh, you know, there's actually one email from Biden on his laptop from Hunter. Uh, it almost looks like it's word for word out of a classified document. It's something that he was sending to one of his business partners in order to, <laughs> in order to uh, shake down the Chinese Communist Party. You're, so your point is very well taken, and I don't disagree at all that, uh, alas, in this country, um, the, the law can apply differently depending on the power and wealth of the person in question. Um, so it's a point well taken. Um, I do think, you know, I'm not alone in believing that perhaps we classify too much documents. But at the end of the day, you're exactly right. The law is what the law is. And, uh, you know, if, if President Biden ran afoul of the law, that it, it is, well, we're not allowed to indict. The Justice Department doesn't indict sitting presidents. So there's all sorts of legal yeah. doctrine and whatnot in the way of that. But um, as a matter of principle, I agree. Um, the law is the law. And if the president is breaking the law, then that's a problem. Yeah. And Hunter Biden and the others that are attached with this right now, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. We'll see what happens in the long run with this. But uh, I suspect that the Justice Department is going to slow walk uh, his, uh, the investigation into this for Biden and probably uh, use different timing for, for uh, Trump. So we'll see. It would well. So I'll note this: that it is in the hand. It's outside of the Justice Department. No longer has control over the investigation. It is under the auspices of Special Counsel uh, Robert Hur. Um, so you know, we'll see. It is my belief that Hur <coughs> he will ta he is tasked with getting to the bottom of this. Um, and, and to the extent that there's anything nefarious going on, um, well, I'll say this as well: it would look terrible for the president were they to proceed differently and say charge Trump and, and pr pr proceed with a criminal prosecution while at the same time letting Biden off the hook. Um, the politics of that are so awful where even though they're not supposed to uh, bias or, or influence the Justice Department's thinking on these matters, it's tough to see how they could proceed thusly. Yeah. For your lips to God's ear, William, <laughs> but uh, the other side to it is it doesn't appear that President Biden right now really cares what the public thinks about <laughs> what's going on. Let's let's move to the debt ceiling uh, uh, dust up. What do you think? What are your thoughts on that? So, again, as we noted last week, because of uh, Biden's unilateral half a trillion dollar student debt cancellation policy, we hit the debt ceiling earlier than expected. That's thirty one point four trillion dollars. Yeah. Um, the Treasury Department is undertaking these so-called extraordinary measures by which they're moving around monies to ensure the government continues to operate. There is an element of kabuki theater there such that it there are months of such, uh, quote-unquote, extraordinary measures before the rubber meets the road and um, there would actually hit the debt ceiling limit and be unable to borrow, that is. Uh, but long story short, big news this week is that House Republicans, who have made it a priority to negotiate uh, spending cuts in exchange for uh, passing, uh, extending the debt ceiling, 
they look to be uh, uh, keen on aligning this vote on the debt ceiling with the budget and appropriations process as it's supposed to work. I mean, this year-long process yeah, yeah. which the Budget and Appropriations Committee come up with a, a, a final spending bill by September 30th, I believe. That would involve punting on the debt ceiling from June when it's expected to, to finally run out, um, uh, from June until September. So on the one hand, I guess there's a, an element of punting in this seemingly preferred policy. On the other hand, it makes a great deal of sense to tether the debt ceiling limit with a spending bill as a spending bill should be crafted. So uh, if they intend to actually proceed with the appropriations process as it's supposed to work, then this is actually a pretty sound measure, in my humble opinion. Yeah, it would be uh, really refreshing to see us get back to the uh, regular or real process, regular process for uh, getting a budget in place and uh, getting the uh, spending in control here in the United States. We're here. $31.4 trillion speaks for itself. It does. William Yateman, again, Senior Legal Fellow at the Pacific Legal Foundation. PacificLegal.org is the website. William, really appreciate your commentary on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, Ambassador Francis Rooney. He is the former ambassador to the Holy See. He's also our former congressman, served two terms. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. They get the politics and they know the policy and they prepare elected officials to win in the legislature. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. 
Coming up, we're going to be uh, visiting with uh, Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston at Space Architecture. Right now we have with us Ambassador Francis Rooney. He's former ambassador to the Holy See. He also served as a couple of terms, uh, being our U.S. representative in Washington, D.C. Ambassador Rooney, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thanks for having me back on, Bob. My pleasure, Ambassador Rooney. You wrote a column for uh, The Hill. It's called uh, Midterms 2022, Lessons Learned and the Path Forward. So hope you could tell us about it. Well, I think the point of the article was I think that the uh, McCarthy uh, wanted to be speaker so bad that he kind of gave away the farm kind of like the old TV show Queen for a Day. And he's going to have a really tough time uh, accomplishing uh, a strong Republican agenda with uh, with a majority of four seats. I guess it'll be five when Stubbe comes back. But uh, that's not much. It's going to create a lot of grandstanding and opportunities for members to self-aggrandize themselves, which they're very good at. So... Uh in in your opinion, uh, how should this have gone? In other words, uh, to me, I really appreciated the fact that the uh, rules that were created as a result of this dust-up between uh, uh, the minority and, uh, and Kevin McCarthy, I, I thought really what, what came out of it was some good process for the uh, uh, House of Representatives. What are your thoughts? Well, I think a lot of it was good. A lot, some of it I think is going to be a little dangerous. I think the open amendments situation is going to become a opportunity for a lot of grandstanding. Uh, I don't really necessarily think it was good to change the structure of the ethics committee. Of course, ethics in Congress is a bit of an oxymoron anyway. (laughs) But but some of the other changes were good. I mean, you know, the committee structures and things like that and and, uh, more open commitment to uh, controlling spending and debt, which is out of control. I think that would be should be a major priority of, of Republicans right now. Yes, yeah, so uh, in, in your column, you'd uh, s- suggested that uh, President Trump's uh, success in terms of the midterm elections was uh, w- was really not what was anticipated, and therefore he's lost his grip with the uh, Republican Party. Well, I've, I've had a lot of uh, CEOs around Naples that have uh, kind of expressed that they're kind of done with Trump after, after the uh, midterm candidates and after his comment about changing the Constitution. You know, he did a lot of great things, but he did, he's a very difficult individual. And uh, I think that's wearing thin on some people. I mean, this whole election denial thing uh, has caused a lot of damage in our country and given the Democrats a little opportunity to help themselves. Mm-hmm. And we should be a little more careful and not help them out so much. Well, this kind of splashes on the vote that's being taken today with regard to the head of the uh, Republican Party, Ronna McDaniel, and uh, the pillow guy, Mike Lindell. And uh, uh, Hermit uh, Dillon, it seems to me that some of the splashes on uh, Ronna McDaniel in, in terms of her success as uh, as the leader of the party. What are your thoughts? Well, I don't know that she's been a super strong leader, but but uh, she's basically, I mean, Trump has basically dominated everything. So it's kind of hard to blame her individually for Trump recruiting all these candidates like Oz and uh, the, the situation in Georgia two times, Trump messed up what should have been Republican wins, two different elections. Mm-hmm. And I think he's got some culpability for that. He ought to have some accountability for it. McCormick would have easily beat Fetterman, but not Oz. McCormick. I, I don't know McCormick. He was the other guy in the Republican primary. He runs Bridgewater, uh, a, a deal fund. Uh-huh. Well, it's, <laughs> I don't know, Fetterman. <laughs> I 
I saw a bumper sticker that said, uh, uh, Biden, Fetterman, 2024, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> That's literally true. <laughs> I mean, imagine, we used to joke 30 years ago about the Politburo being full of 90-year-old Russians, yeah. sclerotic people, leaders, and, and we had all these young people. Now we have all these old people that can't even make a sentence. Well, yeah. we also have vice president who can't make a sentence either, and she's not old, but yeah. So what's the way forward? I think, the, I think the way forward is for us to regroup, recruit candidates that can win, stow a bit of the, the hardcore ideology to sacrifice it for practical success so we can, you know, as Reagan said, get the 80% solution. We can't do anything if we're not in power. And we've got to be in power more than a four-seat majority in the House. So uh, what would be some of the recommendations in terms of legislation, or what do you think that 80% might be? Well, I think we should watch out with this debt ceiling thing. Because every time we do it, and they did it a few times when I was in office, the Democrats uh, end up scaring the people, talk about a recession, talk about people not having their jobs. They close the national parks as a symbolic thing. And we end up looking bad. I, I think we should be careful what we do there. I mean, we can push and try to get some spending restraint tied to the debt ceiling. Uh, good luck, because I don't even think Republicans are very good on controlling spending right now, no. like I said. But um, we can't push it too far uh, where we so-called shut the government down and get blamed for it. So we've got $31.4 trillion. I mean, it's right now in terms of debt uh, and uh What's what's the outer limits of this? I mean, we're going to drive this country right down the... Uh, yeah, down. I think we're spending our children and grandchildren's patrimony that took 247 years to build up. And I think the the uh, amount of debt is about two or three times what it ought to be. And if you go back and look what, uh, what the debt was after Bill Clinton, who was the last fiscally responsive president we had, quite frankly. You know, Bush had the two wars and yeah. the education thing spent a lot of money. Then uh, Obama spent more than Bush. And Trump spent the same as Obama, but at half the time. And now Biden spent the same as Trump in less than half the time. I mean, this thing is outrageous. Right, it is. So uh, what's the solution? If, if in fact, I, I like the whole idea of having regular order, may having a, a budget uh, submitted, uh, and using that as a negotiating tool for the debt ceiling. I think that's a pretty sound approach. And I think it can be sold to the American people. What are your thoughts? I think the regular order is a really good thing, and it's, the American people would understand that the process was designed that way in the Constitution, and the House is supposed to do the appropriation process, but they won't do it. They just can't get themselves in agreement, and even if they should somehow miraculously approve 12 or 13 appropriations bills, the Senate won't do it. Hmm. And if I heard once, I heard a million times on the Hill, well, we have to pass what the Senate said, because that's all they can do. So what are we, just stooges? Yeah. It is a difficult process, making sausage, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and, and before I let you go, uh, any comments at all about what's happening in terms of uh, the, the current Pope and uh, the Holy See? Well, I'm just thankful I was ambassador under Pope Benedict, who loved the United States. This guy doesn't. Understood the First Amendment and, and why our country's exceptional. This guy doesn't. Mm -hmm. And he was very careful in terms of using Holy See's authority, moral authority in the world, support important diplomatic objectives which happen to coincide with the bush administration this guy he he's kind of off the rails he really is so, so what's what's going to happen here do you think i mean see 
Do you think he'll step well, down? Will he get? Uh, he seems to be floating out some rumors to that effect now that Benedict's dead. Um, I just hope they go back to a more of a traditional person, not some liberation theologist from Latin America that really doesn't like the United States. I agree. I just it's hard for me to understand how a guy could come out of such a corrupt government, uh, you know, and under our government, corrupt government, and still promote socialism and, and his thoughts around, uh, you know, how, how government should work. Well, you know, if you read Father Gutierrez, Father Gustavo Gutierrez, he's a Notre Dame professor now, book about the uh, concept of liberation theology. It's much more theological and focused in socioeconomic help than it is political. Uh-huh. But the, as usual, the liberal uh, people have uh, taken, hold, taken, taken it hostage to promote an ideology of redistribution and socialism. Again, Ambassador uh, Francis Rooney, the column is in the Hill. Yeah, I hope you'll check it out about uh, what we should do after the midterms. And uh, again, uh, Ambassador Rooney, the name of your book, I've forgotten it. I've read the book, but I forgot the title. The Global Vatican. The Global Vatican by uh, Ambassador Francis Rooney. Uh, Ambassador, really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Bob. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you so much. All right, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodge University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees. I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse. 
Changing lives through exceptional theater experiences and building of a new 44,000-square-foot performing arts center in downtown Naples will be absolutely fantastic. You can find out more uh, and get tickets by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Well, social media giant Meta, well, formerly Facebook, announced Wednesday that it would uh, reinstate former President Donald Trump's accounts on both Facebook and Instagram. The former president was suspended from both platforms in the mid uh, January 9th or 6th after the Capitol riots. Other social media platforms, such as uh, Twitter, acted likewise, prompting Trump to create True Social, which is really fantastic. It's a digital platform similar to Twitter that practice looser content moderation than its competitors. Uh, Meta, uh, Meta President of Global Affairs Nick Clegg declared that the reinstatement would come in coming weeks, according to the NBC News. He also stated that the com- company would impose more stringent moderation guidelines on repeat offenders, such as heightened penalties for repeat offenses, penalties which will apply to other public figures whose accounts have reinstated from suspensions related to civil unrest under our updated protocol. In the event that, uh, it sounds like a word salad, doesn't doesn't mean anything. Anyhow, in the event that Mr. Trump posts further violating content, the content will be removed and we will be suspended for an, uh, between one month and two years, according to the severity of the violation, said Clegg. Twitter CEO Elon Musk restored Trump's Twitter account in November of 2022, although he hasn't used it. I think it's good that uh, uh, Trump, he certainly uh, has a great uh, uh a uh, social media outlet with uh, True Social, but uh, ha- being having access to these others uh, will allow him to have a farther reach, a greater reach coming into the 2024 elections, which is a good thing. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, these other outlets, I think are important for Trump to get his message out so that people understand what's really happening. There's been so much, uh, so much, uh, reduction in in terms of the quality of information because of the social media uh, shutdown on uh, communications. Uh, I think this is a a good thing for uh, President Trump. Well, Democrat California Representative Adam Schiff announced Thursday he'll be running for the United States Senate. And here's his quote, our democracy is at great risk because GOP leaders care more about power than anything else. (laughs) I can't read this with a straight face. He's really saying this. And because our economy isn't working for millions of hardworking Americans, we're in a fight for our lives, a fight I'm ready to lead as as California's next U.S. Senator, Schiff said in a tweet. Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy recently confirmed that Schiff and Democrat California Representative Eric Swalwell will be removed from the House Intelligence Committee, and the House will vote on the removal of uh, Representative Omar from the Foreign Affairs Committee. Democrat California Senator Dianne Feinstein's term, six-year term, is up in 2024. She's 89 years old, and she reportedly struggles with extensive memory loss. She's filed to run for re-election, but quite frankly, I'm doubtful she will. So this is an opportunity for Schiff to slip in there and uh, run as a Democrat candidate. Of course, it's a strong Democrat area. Now, uh, Schiff... Uh, Mike Pompeo said, I think he was on The View, if I'm not mistaken, in any event, or, or the, he was on a show, I should say, and on Fox. 
I don't think it was The View. Anyhow, uh, he said about Schiff, during my time at CIA, CIA director and secretary of state, I know that he leaked classified information that had been provided to him. Pompeo also said the problem was significant enough that he restricted what information he shared with Congress. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is removing Schiff made, uh, made similar assertions out of him and, and his abil- uh, handling of sensitive materials. I could tell you that when we provided information to him and to his staff, it ended up in places it shouldn't have gone with alarming regularity, said Pompeo. We could see it. In the end, I decided I'd held back information from them as a result. Schiff, who before Republicans this month took control of the chamber, was a committee chairman, previously denied leaking classified information. Matt Getz, representative in Florida, uh, filed the pencil resolution on Thursday. <laughs> the legislation will ban uh, Adam Schiff from accessing classified information, and the legislation urges Congress to launch an investigation by the House Ethics Committee. What a great idea! U.S. Congressman Matt Getz uh, filed the Preventing Extreme Negligence with Classified Information Licenses Resolution, or the uh, acronym is PENCIL Resolution. Of course, he's referred to as Pencil Neck. The resolution expresses the sense of U.S. uh, House representatives that Congressman Adam Schiff should not have access to classified information and should be investigated by the House Ethics Committee and should have his comments made during any proceeding of Congress regarding Russian collusion in the Trump campaign be officially struck from the record. Congressman Adam Schiff led the effort for years to weaponize lies from the uh, Clinton campaign and a corrupt Department of Justice to smear President Trump while destroying any trust the country had left in America's intelligence agencies. Speaker McCarthy kept his promise to remove Schiff from the Intelligence Aid Committee. And with the pencil resolution, we will express the sense of Congress that he should be barred from accessing any classified information at all, said Getz. As a member of the Gang of Eight, Representative Schiff is responsible for characterizing critical, sensitive intelligence information to the other members of Congress and to the American people. During his time in Congress under President Trump, uh, Representative Schiff falsely claimed that there was clear evidence of an issue of collusion and falsely claimed that Trump his campaign accepted help from the Russian government to win the presidency. Meanwhile, a nine-count indictment against the former head of the FBI's counterintelligence office in New York, Special Agent Charles McGonigal, was unsealed this week. It proved that the very people investigating President Trump for Russian collusion were themselves taking orders from the Russian oligarchs. McGonigal accepted illegal foreign payments and a scheme to set up a post-career influence peddling operation while actively working as a senior uh, official for the FBI. That according to Getz. So uh, the pencil uh, resolution uh, proposed by Getz. Hope it'll pass. I suspect it won't. Well, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of several books, his latest, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, 
We'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. He's also the author of many books, as I mentioned uh, before the break. Uh, his latest, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. It's a book I've read, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, very transparent and autobiographical uh, by Professor Larry Bell. Professor, thank you so much for joining us here in the show. Bob, it's always a pleasure. Thank you, Larry. And uh, you wrote a column for news. By the way, your column is uh, appears several times per week it's it's called on point at newsmax.com the latest is hunter china biden documents connections warrant curiosity to say the least maybe you could tell us about it yeah all this uh secret uh uh documentation hoarding by government officials seems to be getting getting in news lately and of course we we all remember the uh the big deal about uh, Donald Trump, you know, the raid on his residence in Mar-a-Lago and Melania's wardrobe closet looking for classified documents on nuclear secrets and whatever. I mean, this, and that was approved by, of course, the Department of Justice and executed by the field office of the FBI in Washington. So that was supposed to be a really big deal. And then now we, it turns out that, uh, well, hey, uh, Joe, you know, had a, had a bunch of had a bunch of documents and classified documents, and uh, they turned up in five different locations. And and oh, by the way, uh, you know the you know, the FBI knew about them at the same time that part of the time that they raided Mar-a-Lago and had made it a big deal. But suddenly, the uh, it, it doesn't seem like such a big deal when 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 Joe has these documents and. And of course, they're carefully secured in his garage next to his, in, in, a, in some boxes next to his Corvette. Yeah. 
and 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 uh, in, in in his in his home and and uh, and and in the uh, Biden Center in, in University of Pennsylvania, which and and those documents took kind of a circuitous route because they were they were stored in Chinatown, Washington D.C. for for about half a year hmm. for before you know, getting you know, going to the uh, location in the Biden Center and. Uh, and uh, you know, and then in his private home, and so on. So, oh, hey, that's not such a big deal. And you know, they're just you know, just uh, you know, a few a few documents that Joe apparently needed for something or other. And and rather than having the FBI do it initially, they you know they were you know they said, well, just let your staff look for them and <laughs> let us know something. Let us know if something turns up. And and you know that that was that was fine. And now. It seems like there's a strange kind of set of coincidences where, where all these uh, these document hoards and, and and removals of these documents seem to have a lot to do with China, and they seem to have a lot to do with Hunter Biden. Now, who would believe it, right? Yeah, you know, Professor, it's uh, just amazing to me that. Uh uh, and, and you know what? It makes me wonder. I wonder what they'd find if they actually went to the University of Delaware. Apparently, it's got a whole stash of documents there. Quite frankly, I, I would guess. I, I would actually bet that there's uh, some classified documents in that stash of documents as well. There's supposed to be about a thousand boxes or more of documents there as well. And <laughs> and uh, well, maybe maybe you can find a Chinese. You know, I didn't say Chinese. I don't know brand Chinese, but. Maybe, maybe they can get somebody from Beijing to come in and, and check and see, but but the, the latest the latest piece of information, I think it's it's pretty significant, is that you know these documents that he has date back to the time when he was a senator, but, he, but also principally when he was vice president. He had no right to remove documents or couldn't declassify them as a vice president. But they go back to the period when. When uh, you know, the, the, remember the big ado about the impeachment of Trump over telephone call with Zelensky, and you know, in Ukraine because of his other had this no-show job, and he's getting you know, what fifty-eight k a month you know, for for this job. Well, we they turn up now. Um, Miranda Devine, you know, and and the uh, and in some House senators come up with the fact that they got this email from Hunter to uh, Devin Archer who was also on the board of Burisma. Yeah. And and this in this email that Hunter is is giving them this this briefing on American policy towards Ukraine. And it wasn't the you know the kind of cokehead kind of conversations that Hunter's famous for, but this was a read like an intelligence briefing and apparently lifted from classified documents. So at the same time that that it appears that when Hunter was trying to uh, market himself as an asset to Burisma, which is being investigated by the government uh, for for corruption, it's a corrupt energy company, he's marketing himself basically with with acts with information that, was, that must have been classified because it's very sensitive information. There's about 20 information points in this in this memo uh, where, where he apparently had access 
good old Hunter had access to uh, classified documents. Yeah, and he's communicating it to to Ukraine, and it's 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 egregious. It's unbelievable. It certainly is. I mean, it it not only I think that document demonstrates that Hunter definitely had access to classified information there's no question he he didn't have the intellectual capacity to write that that email that uh, that was sent to uh uh and uh quite frankly it's almost like biden is sitting there with a smoking smoking gun he says there's there's no here here there's nothing to see <laughs> and i guess he's going under the optics of cooperating he's uh, basically he's saying i'm cooperating unlike Pro- president trump or donald trump who didn't cooperate at all it was obstreperous and difficult i'm cooperating and it, my my documents were kept uh under lock and key next to my corvette i mean it's it's just appalling well i think it's 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 uh, broader than that as well. As as you know, you know Hunter had uh, Joe had always protested. So I, I you know I love my son. I trust my son. I never knew about his business dealings and no and so on and all these things. So just absolutely the opposite. You know that that uh, Joe Joe knew very well about these things. He his son had access to information that that was that was that was really top secret and. And you know, that's what he exposed also in in some of the email contacts and uh so Joe Joe has lied repeatedly yeah. about being out of the loop on this. And it wasn't just Hunter Biden, it was Jim Biden and his his brother and and there's hundred and fifty suspicious activity reports launched by the you know, the uncovered by the Treasury Department that they've been uh, sandbagging from Congress but not to allow them to see these bank records that, you know, they're slow walking this case in Delaware and on Hunter and, you know, and tax evasion and influence peddling and, and, uh, lobbying without, without a, without a license for foreign entities and so on. So it's very, it's very murky. It's very, very dark. And, uh, and, and clearly we're going to see a lot of, uh, House investigations and this on the oversight and judicial committees uh, coming up. Big question I've asked repeatedly is, will the, will the media pay any attention to this? Absolutely, and it's about time that we began to see some subpoenas flying around because <laughs> not much has happened up to this point in time. Uh, Tim is, uh passes so uh we should get we should get to work on this again professor larry bell endowed professor at the university of houston again the name of the book his latest architectures beyond boxes and boundaries my life by design by larry bell i hope you get a copy of the book and also go to newsmax.com check out professor bell's column on point uh you'll find uh this column there as well professor always appreciate your commentary here on the show thank you so much for joining us Thanks so much, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I just want to remind you that uh, Lula B's Diner is serving dinner Wednesday through Saturday nights, 4 to 8 p.m. Just terrific menus. Grouper, snapper, salmon, all kinds of great comfort food on the menu. So, uh, again, if you're looking for a casual dinner, Lula B's Diner, not only great breakfast and lunch, but also dinner as well, 4 to 8 p.m. Wednesday through Saturday. Hope you'll join us on Monday. We're going to visit with Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. We'll visit with Larry Reed. He is the uh, uh, professor, I should say, president emeritus 
of the Foundation for Economic Education. And Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and author of several murder mysteries, Jim will be joining us as well. I hope you make it a great day and weekend on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.